Most of us never learned how to train our brains, which is why most of us needlessly settle, struggle, and worse, suffer. My name is Chris Doris, and I want to make brain training mainstream. This is my series, Tough Talks, Conversations on Mental Toughness. I'm interviewing badasses from all walks of life on what mental toughness means to them and their unique approaches to strengthening their minds. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mental Toughness blog with Chris Doris, and I am extremely excited about our guest today. Uh, her, her bio is too long for me to read. It would, it would seriously, I'm not even exaggerating, take the entire freaking time. It would be the entire interview. <laughs> It'd be like a half hour. I just was like looking, picking through what I wanted to, you know, to point out in her introduction here. And I realized it, it, it's too much, so, so I'll just say this is, uh, welcome Amy Slater, <clears throat> who is the CEO of Amy Slater Consulting. Amy is a former client of mine. Um, Amy is a keynote speaker, author. We'll talk about her book momentarily. Uh, coach, entrepreneurial, entrepreneur, sales leader at Social Selling Advocate, which Amy, I'm gonna ask you to elaborate on just in a moment. And a, and a mother of three amazing daughters, you know, I'll just say this about that, Amy. I love watching your relationship uh, with, your, with your beautiful children and your daughters. And, um, and, and it's just, it's really uh, heartwarming. You're, you're an amazing mother. Hey, thank you. And um, <clears throat> I really, before we even get into it, I want to, I wanna, there's a few things that are important for me to, to say up front here. Uh, so, that, so that folks that you, who are listening... You can really hear this in a really uh, the most powerful way possible because Amy is, is this is seriously a gift. This conversation it, it could be truly, truly uh, valuable uh, for you because Amy is is basically um, a walking uh, embodiment of uh, the power of, of belief and commitment. And um, one of the things that I love so much about Amy is Amy, you shatter the illusion that profound. Um, rapid pro or that like profound growth and development need to take time right because what you've pulled off in just the last year alone is staggering and, and and I bet would be without clarification intimidating to a lot of our listeners just your last year of life so anyway you've worked you know I met you what four years ago about yeah were, four or five a, yeah when you're at Salesforce yeah as a sales team leader um, and then you went on to uh, Axiom, mm -hmm. and then you went on to Rovi, which became TiVo. And in the meantime, you've done all these, you've joined all these boards, and of course, written a book. And now, you've, lately, you've been on stage. Uh, you've got LinkedIn coming to your home. Yeah, LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn is coming to your house. Yeah, they're yeah they have a um, production company from London that's flying out, and they'll be filming me in my house. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it's called that. the modern. It's about the modern face of sales, and I think they want to show that that sales today doesn't have to be just in the confines of an office. And so I had done a speaking engagement for LinkedIn, as you know, a year ago, almost exactly to the day. Mm -hmm. And they have another event that will be in San Francisco this year in October, and they'll be playing this video of a few different aspects of sales and they chose me. You know, uh, I really want to encourage folks, if you're on LinkedIn, connect with Amy. She is a master of LinkedIn. Connect with her all over social media. Uh, you know, again, your website is amyslaterconsulting.com, amyslaterconsulting.com. And I got to tell you, your website is amazing. Like it's top notch. It looks amazing. You're so photogenic. 
and hey. and I but it, the whole thing is 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 just is uh, seriously top shelf. So you know, uh, I actually I uh, you know I I stalk you right. I, <laughs> I, 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 I mimic you. <laughs> I actually have to learn from you on how to actually use social media. I've yeah. been saying that for a long time. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, get on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> Decide, declare, and do what it takes, Chris. Where that sounds familiar. <laughs> but that, yeah. but that, going back to one of the things that I hope people will, will hear from you is, is that, and I hope that we can elaborate on at some point during our conversation, which is that um, that that big progress doesn't need to take forever. You know, it's an assumption like waiting. You you don't you don't wait. You do not wait. And and you make you make things happen pretty fast for yourself, and and that's and that's really important, I think, for all of us to witness and then and then to to take ownership of, and to get excited about pro and live. So, <clears throat> all that being said, um, you know, so you, so you you were at Salesforce, then you were, were at Axiom, right, Roby, and uh, and and then uh, then there was the leap, the leap, and that was about it was actually less than a year ago. Uh, it was less than a year. It was December first. I can't even of 2016. That. I know. <laughs> no, and I'm not even kidding because what what the amount what you've created in your life in, in less than a year is tremendously is it just amazing and powerful. So, let's talk a little bit um, about that before we get into you know what does mental toughness mean to mm -hmm. you and and the questions. Uh, can you just say a little bit about what is social? Um, you're a social selling advocate. What does that mean? It's a good question because so many people throw out the word social selling and really what what social selling is is the ability to connect with others and develop a relationship but you're leveraging things like social media you're leveraging facebook linkedin twitter instagram or what have you and it's your ability to communicate and to communicate a message and to engage it's the power of engaging through social media not just you know pictures of look at me, look at me, but it's about messaging through social media and then the ability to connect. So I leverage LinkedIn in a social selling way, connect with people and engage. It's not a just, it's not just about like you're hunting for Easter eggs and putting names in a basket. Uh -huh. It's engaging with people. It's providing value to people um, through the way that you communicate in social media. Amy, a lot of people give that lip service. So when I hear you say, I know you so well, I know what that means, but that's, that's some lingo that could maybe, maybe we could talk a little bit more about that. Like when you say sure. engaging and bringing value, um, a lot of people can talk about that and think, yeah. you know, that they're doing that when in fact, that's not actually the case. So where does that come from for you? Yeah. It, you know, it's the, it's, for me, it's the ability to sort of to pay it forward. Right. So when you're, a lot of people go to LinkedIn to get something, I'm going to get connected. I'm going to okay. get a job. I've learned over time that I go to LinkedIn to give something and through whether I'm writing articles or I'm giving feedback, someone might post something and they ask for feedback. I'll give it. It might be a complete stranger, but they're looking for feedback or I'll post something and someone will send me a LinkedIn message and email and they'll ask if I have 20 or 30 minutes to talk about going out on their own because they're scared. Would I give them 20 or 30 minutes? Now, now my time actually is money in a different way than it was when I had a corporate job, yeah. but I still give that 20 or 30 minutes because it's a value to somebody else. Now I can't do that every hour of the day, but the people that are brave enough yeah. to ask for that kind of help, I'll give it. Right on, right on. So, so now that you, you said, 
Let's elaborate on the leap that I referenced. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a corporate job anymore. <clears throat> you were tre yeah. tremendously successful in corporate America, like tremendously successful, right? Yeah, you I was afraid. Yeah, I was afraid for a long time. I was afraid to, to leave that comfort zone of a, a predictable paycheck. I knew what I was supposed to do. It was all laid out. It was all laid out for me, and I knew what to do. I got to a point, and you, know, you said, amazing how much you've done in less than a year. But really, I think I've been preparing for this for my whole life, and in particular over the last several years, yep. going through some really tough times. I know people might look at the glitzy website and the photos and think that this was easy and that, oh, she just has it or what have you. But I, I don't, and I didn't. I mean, I might have something now, but I didn't. And I went through a lot of scary times in my life, which was the which, genesis of the book. Right, which, of course, just while we're on it, is entitled Moments. And when you, I remember we were talking about when you were entitling it, you were thinking about making it mom, like playing yeah. with the word mom, moments, moments, magic, <laughs> miracles, and, of course, martinis. <laughs> and then I, but I love the subtitle also, which is How to Move Forward in Times of Uncertainty. So th this is, I, I strongly recommend this book to everyone. There's so many... I'll tell you, there's a lot of power packed in, in, in this little punch and um, some amazing stories of what you're describing right now. Some real human, some tear-jerking stories, some inspiring stories, but really, you cry. I cry yeah. when I read that book. Uh, yeah, Thank you. well, yeah, I cry when, I cry a lot, but that's usually behind closed doors, but not always. Um, but so when I was faced- Or after faced, you drop your daughter off. After I drop my daughter off at school and I get back <laughs> in the car and I cry by myself, I didn't let her see it this year. <laughs> It's crazy. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. Anyways, I've shed a few tears over those girls. Um, but so it was really trying to, it wasn't a very difficult decision, I have to say, by the time I made it. Because when I was faced with the decision of do I keep my job or do I go get a new job or do I start my own company? What do I do? When I was faced with that, it took less than 24 hours. I woke up in the morning and I said, I'm going to start my own business. Okay, let's back and up. It was just, fun. Just, can we back up just one step just to clarify for the listeners? Because I, I don't think I articulated it totally clearly what this leap was for you. So it was a leap from a, a really um, safe yes. and lucrative corporate sales leadership career. Yep. Yeah. To what? To, to start my own business, which is uh, consulting. Um, right. And <laughs> the CEO of myself, I just think it's funny. But anyways... So I do, I really think of it as three legs of transformation. And it's about transforming business through consulting. It's about transforming people through executive coaching and life coaching and transformational coaching, as I like to call it. And third, by transforming people through keynote speaking and motivation. And so, so but the point was, it was, to, but you're leaving something that was safe and you, you had this vision, you had a, you had a yen, you had a desire, yeah. you had an urge, right? And how long would you say you had that? The desire to go off on your own and to do, do something uh, else that wasn't so safe. It was fact, a couple it wasn't of years. Safe at all necessarily. No, probably a couple years. Probably two or three years. Okay. And uh, do you consider what you're doing safe now? Um, that's a good question. It, it's, it is safe in a lot of ways because sometimes people say, aren't you scared? I said, yeah, but mm -hmm. the only person that can let me down is me. I don't have to, you know, I look at people that do have corporate jobs. I say, aren't you scared? Because you could be fired at any moment hmm. of time. And oh, I get wow, plenty of people a, wow, that come to me and say that they just <laughs> lost their job. So I control my destiny. Huh. And as soon as I start to get scared, like, am I going to have wow. another client? 
if I worry, if I get scared and I say, how am I going to get another client? As soon as I open up that possibility, then the phone starts to ring and then things come through email. I wondered if I could talk to you. I have a meeting tomorrow with someone who I met. It's something I really didn't feel like going to a few months ago. I went to it and I met this person there and he said, I want to talk to you about some business strategy and maybe hiring you to do some work with me. Okay. Out of the blue. But not out of the blue. Right. Not, not really out of the blue. <clears throat> not really out of the blue. And so I feel like I've been planning for this in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. I outgrew my corporate confines that mm -hmm. I couldn't be all that I wanted to be. It sounds like the military, but I couldn't be all that I wanted to be in the confines of my job, of my job. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be out speaking to people. I wanted to be writing. I wanted to be talking to people. And I had... A, just a narrow sphere of influence in my job. I had a team. I wanted to get bigger. Can we talk about the actual departure? Sure. The fact that I got laid off. <laughs> that's important. Yeah. No, that's seriously, that, that truth. I think it's important. Can we talk about that? Of course. Yeah. Because yeah. I, think that, I think that that actually makes this story a little bit more relatable. Yeah. For people. Yeah. And, and what happened, you know, I had made a decision a couple years prior, you know, the decision, cause we talked about it and yeah, you, yeah. You, that I, I had made a commitment to myself two years prior that I would leave corporate America and go be a coach. It was really <laughs> just about coaching because yeah. I wanted to be like you. I mean, you know, I wanted to do what you were doing. It would be September of 2016 that I would be prepared yeah. and September came and went and we got acquired and I called you and I made a joke. I said, well, I'm no longer working for Rovi. I'm working for TiVo. You're like, that doesn't count. You're still <laughs> working there. And then a month and a half later, they were going through some downsizing because of, you know, combining of two companies and they eliminated my position. Yeah. Senior vice president of sales operations. The position was eliminated. And how did you feel? What was your immediate response to that um sitting in the conference room with my boss was are you kidding me yeah all the work i've done for you everything i've done for you and i was holding back the tears and so, i said so how so what emotion would you would, or emotions would you scared, say uh -huh. pissed off like mm. are you kidding me i just did all this integration work and i did all these things for you and for the company i built this or this part of the organization I've been here two and a half years. Oh shit. You know, I support yeah. my whole family on my own pretty much. What am I going to do? And yeah. I was scared shitless, you know, and yeah, I'm going to need yeah. to ask you to watch your language. Cause we really try to keep it clean here. Yeah, just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I haven't dropped any. F You're in a sailor. You have a sailor. Um, That's theme in there. I was trying, <laughs> I was trying to be right. in keeping so with the sailor. How I speak, I speak like this guy. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Anyways, so I got to my car. I literally went into my office. I just grabbed my purse and I walked out the door and I was going to go pick up my stuff later. And, you know, few people looked at me, my team members, and they're all shocked. And I walked out the door. I sat in my car and I started to cry, mm. which is the first chapter of my book. And which is always what I do when I'm uncertain and scared is I cry. I listen to chapter one and then I get over it and I pull myself together and say, hmm, I called a few people. I'm like, oh my God, you're never gonna believe this. I lost my job. 
crap. You know, I worked so hard. I did a good job. You know, and you start thinking, why me? What did I do wrong? And then, well, I called you and you congratulated me. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> and actually a few other people helped. You know, Rob, who Youngblood, who does my website, phenomenal job. And I called him. He goes, thank goodness. He says, because I wasn't really quite sure what I was going to put on your website that him. you would allow me to put if you were still employed. <laughs> And, and it freed you up to do so many things that you and I have been talking about you wanting to do, but you were concerned about doing because of dual relationship yeah. stuff dual and like conflict, you know, and all of that. conflict of interest. Yeah. What I meant. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and so the next morning, I so, woke so, up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So literally the next morning, so less than 24 hours later, I woke up and said, "I'm going to start my own business." Like it's this is the obvious perfect time. Yeah, this is the perfect timing. If I don't like, do it thank now, thank you. When, thank you for the nudge. Thank you for the nudge off the cliff. Thank you for giving me like, exactly what I've been asking for. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, are you are you kidding me? Like yeah. this, I was, which clearly, clearly I was preparing to go because my I had my website up in two weeks. So I had the content. I already had the content. The content was me. Yeah. And it was, my, now is my chance to build my brand around but, me. What do you think were like one or two of the biggest sources of fear that would have you wait? That had you not take off on your own prior to that? Uh, two kids in college and paying for that. So money. Uh, money and, and health care. Seriously. You yeah. know, just sure. the cost, the ridiculous, and I don't want to get yeah. that political conversation, but the crazy cost of health care was scary to me. And I still don't have to cross that bridge because I got, I have a Cobra that I pay for, mm -hmm. but I have that till August. And then, but something so, will happen. So, you, so do you still have that fear arise in you right now? I do. Yeah. But you know what? But I let okay. it take a nanosecond, uh -huh. and then I'm like, eh, I'll get to it, and it'll work itself out. Like I just know the way that I am. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna be a problem. It just isn't. Okay, so that's a perfect segue into into the, the questions, which are, um, you know, what is mental toughness? What does that even mean to you, right? And what are some struggles which we've already talked about? And then, uh, you know, what kind of success do you attribute to the to the use of mental toughness? And then finally. You know what? How do you actually practice mental toughness? How do you strength, mm -hmm. What do you do to strengthen your mind? So let's talk about that first question, which is, what does mental toughness even mean to you? Mm -hmm. Mental toughness for me is not letting my mind um, run away with my heart. Wow! Wow! I've never heard, that's amazing. I've, I've never said that. In fact, I just thought of that. So anyways, <laughs> that's pretty great. Let's, 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 let's slow down on that for a second. <clears throat> Cause that, that struck me. That's awesome. Can I use that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could you quote it? Could you write it down? Oh, it's, it's videotaped. So yeah, we, we have it. it. So I won't so forget. We've captured it. Um, uh, not letting my mind run away with my heart. That is such a fascinating Say more. Yeah. And so, so really, that to me then that goes back to mental toughness to me is also about um, having the courage to be authentic mm. not do what mm. everybody else wants me to do or things i can do but to be strong enough in my mind mm. and and affirm that my heart and my soul can take care of me that that i can move forward that way that it doesn't have to be what's expected of me that sounds a lot like faith. Yeah. And it's faith in something larger than me and it's faith in myself okay. that I, that I know, I know that I know that I, if I have faith, 
then something bigger will protect me. And I've seen, I can't even count how many times that I've seen something happen so much larger than me that I am baffled every single day. I'm baffled every day. The kinds of things that happen in my life, the people I meet, the Uber drivers, you saw my mm. thing I wrote about the Uber driver. Yeah. The guy yeah. got out of the car and hugged me. <laughs> hugged me goodbye. I gave him one of my books, and that's not why he hugged me. We just had this really great, relatable kind of conversation. So what's, what was that? So you were on your way back from the airport? I was and... on my way back from the airport, and we're chatting. He was super chatty. I was yeah. super chatty, even though I was exhausted. And he, I always ask him, I said, do you do, I always ask the Uber driver one question, and then it starts the whole conversation. It's kind of my thing. So do you do this for a living? Or is it a part-time? Then he goes into his story, and he tells me that he now does it for a living. It gives him flexibility. His mother's 84 years old, has Alzheimer's. My father died of Lewy body dementia and Parkinson's. So immediately I'm like, okay. So we have this conversation. talks about how his wife dedicates her, her life to caring for his mom 24-7. Mm -hmm. And we have this long conversation all about that. And he starts talking about choices and choosing family and how he'll do whatever it takes, even if he has to work seven days a week, to take care of his family, his extended family as well. And I was just so touched. And I always throw a few of my books in my bag yeah. when I travel right. because I want to be able to give them at the right moment. Yeah. And at it was the right, right, moment. right moment, exactly. And so I gave him a, my book. I just said, you know, perhaps you can read this and also share it with your wife, who, as a caregiver, I have so much, you know, respect for and admiration because that's what my mom had to do for so many years for my father and it's a hard job and so we just had this connection mm. and to me you know having having faith in you know, i could have gotten any uber driver i happened to get this guy mm -hmm. but did i happen to get this guy it's just there's so many things that happen in my life every single day that there's something bigger at work yeah, it's voodoo, but it's just so it's so well, real. And then people around me start experiencing it. They're like, this is freaking me out. I noticed that, I noticed that people that practice presence um, notice those experiences more frequently. Mm -hmm. You know, Carl Jung called it synchronicity. Yeah. And um, you and I have talked about it extensively. I believe that I believe in that, right? That when yeah. we can slow down, we will acknowledge, we'll experience the interconnectedness of everything so that it's not so coincidental. Or it, you it, can it, say it is all totally coinciding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's not, it's not bizarrely coincidental. It, it's, of course, it's co coinciding. But, well, in my, book, in my book, I talk about being, I talk about the word synchronicity. Synchronicity. Because think. Like, because now it's the point, and that's the other thing of mental toughness, that I, I have to think positively because what I think gets manifested. So uh, I don't want to think negative thoughts. If I think negative uh, thoughts, I'm afraid I'm going to put negative things into action. Okay, so that's part of your definition. That's part of, of my toughness. mental toughness as well, is that I have so much, I know it sounds weird, I have so much control over my thoughts that I need to keep them pure. Why would that sound weird? <laughs> Just because people think it's like voodoo, but it is kind of like <laughs> I voodoo. Hope not. It's my career. <laughs> online too now but seriously i think i i have my thought is so powerful now that i can manifest things that i that i want and so i work really hard not to think 
bad thoughts. And so how I keep myself in that state of mental toughness is if a negative thought comes by and I, if I spend too long on it, I have to snap myself out of it because I'm afraid. Uh, okay. Let's that talk I'll about the mechanics of that. Let's jump to the fourth question then. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where we are right now. You're talking yeah. about the actual mechanics, right? Cause, cause mental yeah. toughness, you know, is, can be, that can be a very ethereal or ethereal, ethereal. or ephemeral mm -hmm. or whatever the right word is ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, sounding term. If we don't talk about you know the actual practice, so yeah. let's spend a minute on that. So yep. so, so you're so you're talking about so what? How do you practice that? You, and specifically with respect to your thinking. Yeah. So when I start thinking, either thinking kind of overthinking, right? So there's thinking and there's overthinking. Okay. Um, or there's, um, and and to me, if I'm thinking too much, it's not a good thing. It means that I might be going down an, into a negative place, and so I mm. I allow myself to sort of name it. Like, what am I thinking and feeling? Why am I feeling bad? Okay, I'm scared. Why am I scared? I'm scared because I need to make sure that I have enough, you know, enough clients, prospective clients, so that I can feed my children. Okay, so what do I need to do? Um, I need to stop thinking this way and I need to go call a few people and send a few emails. Okay. And then I move forward. Mm -hmm. So I, it's, it's not the type of thing where, you know, if you get a negative thought, you throw it under the rug because it's mm -hmm. only going to get bigger mm -hmm. is that I think it's really important to name what it is and find out why am I thinking this way? Because I'm scared. And I think many, many things stem from fear. And so then I have to say, what am I afraid of? And then what do I, what am I going to do about it? And so I kind of go through that process in my head and then I move forward. Hmm. And so it's, it's all about kind of stopping and you talk about being present. Mm -hmm. It's about stopping, figuring out what it is that's, that I'm, why I'm feeling that way. And then taking at least one step forward, just like you talked about. And I saw in one of your videos, you had your success folder, right? That's the type of thing that can pull you in, right? Needs to, to be your successful within and I, reach at all times here. Yeah. And so it's that type of thing that I have to remind myself, okay, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because this is what I'm passionate about and then move forward. And so it's just being very conscious uh -huh. of my thoughts. Yeah. That's, I think that's really the bottom line of it all. Yep. Is acknowledge is becoming a, a curious observer of the activity of our minds <clears throat> becoming like, like, a, you know, I like that phrase. Um, I have a brain, but I am not my, not my brain. I have a mind, okay. I am not my mind. I have thoughts, but I am not those thoughts. So it's separating myself and becoming an observer of my thoughts. And, and I'm hearing what, what you're saying is, is asking yourself questions like, do I even agree with what I'm thinking right now? Mm -hmm. Like there's thoughts going on all the time. Do I agree with which ones serve me, which ones don't? And that, that, and that is awareness. And, that, and that's, that's great. And that's what it's all predicated upon, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's also, you know, it, creating boundaries between my stuff and other people's stuff. You know, my mother is grieving my father's death and it's been almost five months now. And I, she calls a lot and she, she actually, she doesn't call a lot. I have to say, I talk to her a lot, but she doesn't always call me because uh -huh. she says to me, I don't want to bring you down with the way that I'm feeling. And I don't mean it in a arrogant way, but I say, you don't bring me down. It's my opportunity to serve you and mm. to try to bring a little bit of joy. I can't take away your sadness, but I can bring joy. I can share mm. stories of your grandchildren. I can talk about other things. I can hopefully 
fill your basket with a little bit of joy. You just said something really interesting that I want to want to back up. You said I can't take away your sadness, but I can bring some joy. That's a fascinating comment. That's a really interesting comment because you're not okay. So you're not replacing the sadness mm -hmm. with joy, right? Yeah. Because cause what I hear you say that struck me because it's like that's you saying sadness is cool. We don't need to get rid of it. Yeah. But we but we it doesn't need to only be that. Exactly. And so her right now, her reservoir is only filled with sadness. What I want to do is change the balance. Is it wow. you know, that she's got that sadness, but if I put some joy, mm. it, the sadness won't be fully, fully you know, occupying her whole being. You know, I just had lunch with a dear friend and, and uh, elderly gentleman, great friend of mine who's going through a lot, whose, whose wife has Alzheimer's. Mm. And she's at the advanced stages. Yeah. And, and he just retired. He was big time, big, 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 big time uh, physician here in, in Arizona. And, you know, just his career just, you know, he retired. So yeah. he went from, like, from 100 miles an hour to nothing. And at the same exact time, mm. he was his wife. Right. And so we got into a fascinating conversation the other day about, um, about choice mm. and surrender. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but we'll just focus on the choice piece right now which is like that we always have the ability to choose the way we're interpreting reality. Now, these are some of the hardest situations to practice that in. Mm -hmm. I recommend starting the practice in those circumstances, but sometimes we don't have that choice. Mm -hmm. But we always have the choice on how to interpret our reality. So what I'm hearing you say is that uh, that, that is an option. And that, but, but, but that we, ha we, now see, this is, I, I'm gonna be careful about not getting on my soapbox here, but it's like, we didn't get trained. Right. We didn't, have, we didn't have training. We didn't have a class in that, right? We didn't get, we didn't, and most of us, the vast majority of us did not have access. We're never told that that is an option, that we have the ability, that we, that we always possess the ability to manipulate the way that we're interacting, or that we're interpreting, rather, reality, that we always have access to the choice of joy. Yes. And sadness, and there's nothing, we can choose whatever we want. Yeah, I had somebody start a little bit of a fight with me, pick a fight with me on LinkedIn, from one of the memes I put up about something about choosing happiness okay. and that we have a choice. And it said, you know, it was something about, and someone said, well, we don't all have, you know, sometimes we're just given what we're given and we don't have a choice. And I wrote back and I said, but you have a choice as to how you respond to your situation. And two people can be dealt the same bad deal. And one person may choose to rise above and the other person may fall below. That's the choice part. I eventually had to take him off of LinkedIn because he kept being combative with everything I posted. So what was he, so he was arguing for, for what limitation? For saying, was, for saying, yeah, saying that sometimes you don't have a mentality. For the victim mentality. And I had right. to take him off and, and I'm not about, you know, silencing um, alternate <laughs> opinions, but it got to the point where he was commenting negatively on every single thing I posted. Wow. And yeah, and so that so I'm not I shouldn't say wow like as if that's so surprising. It's it's interesting, uh, but I'm not I, I'm not so surprised, right? Because because uh, if anything, we're taught how to be victims. Yeah. As opposed to what you're saying, which is to create, to create our lives. Yeah. So um, let's talk just you know um, a little bit about. Give me some stories of uh, how you've used your own mental toughness to create this new life for yourself and with some success stories. Yeah. Um, and it, getting feedback. 
on yeah, the, it's not the it's not the best connection so yeah. we'll ask for ask our listeners to exercise mental toughness <laughs> mental toughness that you hear me and choose, the, choose how you interpret the fact that our uh technological connection isn't ideal today unless it is it's a, of course that's an interpretation as well it was this okay be, it was fine well this is the best thing that could have happened so um in terms of mental toughness i mean first of all just starting my business i had to really get to that place that i had to have faith that i could do it um and i would say really these speaking engagements um i'm really proud of getting to that place that i can be make a living start to make a living speaking on stage which is what i love to do and i know that i had been focusing on the consulting piece because that's what i knew it was safe mm -hmm. i knew i knew how to do all those things i had a lot of connections and i was able to get some early business because of my connections and then i was doing some coaching but the thing i really wanted to do was do speaking but guess what i wasn't doing anything to get any speaking engagement what did mm -hmm. i think it was just gonna fall in my lap because I a lot of things you know if you think it enough it will well yeah it's like the secret right didn't you watch the secret just yeah. you know say just, your affirmation allow, and, right? and it'll provide. happen <laughs> but but I have to put the wheels in motion and so I started actively pursuing the speaking engagements and you know I saw someone and then I said oh how did you get connected how did you get to speak there oh well let me put you in touch with them bum 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 then they put me in touch and then I applied for some speaking engagements and then I got two from the same organization then I had another that was a referral from a friend because I set in motion that I wanted to do the speaking that I really wanted to be pushing that part of the business you, that's an important point to, to expand on for a second here because like you, you know you aren't lucky no you aren't lucky no you plant a lot of seeds i do but before you plant the seeds you make up your mind yeah you're like okay let's have this happen yeah and then you plant lots and lots of seeds and you nurture those seeds right so it starts with the decision yep and then and then immediate action yeah and and that's and that is why you create uh probably more than anyone i've ever worked with such rapid growth rapid rapid growth it is possible. You are you are living proof that that uh, a huge shift that results in um, really significant success doesn't need to take an enormous amount of time. It does need to take an enormous amount of will. Yeah, yeah, and intention. I mean, you really you really have to do it, and you have to decide. And I know, and I know that a lot of people could listen and watch and say, "Oh, she's got it easy," or. No, you know, whatever. I've struggled too. A lot of days I wake up crying and I'm like, okay, whatever, move on. You know, you get, you have to allow yourself that space, but then you just, then you have to decide to pick yourself up and, and what direction am I going to go in today in this yeah. moment, in the moment. Um, yeah. and, and, and then you move forward. And so again, I want to recommend, strongly recommend your book, Amy, to the listeners. Uh, it's available on Amazon. Yeah. Yes. The easiest way for people to get that because you yep. really do share some really, really important and beautiful vulnerability stories um, that, that, that have you uh, become so accessible and, and inspiring. Let's, let's finish up with, um, with one of my favorite stories about you, <laughs> which is that one. Because that, that's, that's, I mean, that's important, right? Is, um, you talk about all the time that that's, that's an actual, that's a mental toughness practice. Yeah. Right. Can you tell us the significance of that in your life? Yeah. So, um, 
I, uh, I, I learned about not complaining for 24 hour challenge when, you know, I went to, um, that's when I first met you and you posed that 24 hour challenge and it has really become part and parcel to who I am about not complaining. And the kinds of things that occurred when I stopped complain complaining convinced me that there's magic when you stop. And I had, you know, my children, through my children, you know, my, my daughter was, you know, super upset, 17 year old kid crying over a boyfriend or whatever. And I was in that zone of not complaining. I'm like, yeah. oh crap, I got to stay down, right? Of not complaining. And so I approached her differently because I was very conscious that I couldn't complain and I couldn't go and coddle her and let her be the victim and all that. And this was when I first really was starting my first bout with not complaining. Yeah. And I said, you know, you could be grateful, you know, that you've had this great relationship and now you have the strength to move forward and know what love looks like. Anyways, then I said, you know, you ought to watch some of these videos about, they were on your website, you know, about being all in. And, and I said, if you have a chance, take a look. It was like seven in the morning. On my way to work, I get a text from my 17-year-old daughter that said, I am what I create. I'm like, really? This yeah, is what, I'm, really. this is what I'm gonna get from right. not complaining? And, you know, and I went in and I was coaching my team and we were setting quotas. And one guy said, where are you gonna be? He goes, I'll end the year at 100%. I go, you're almost at 100% now and you've got four more months. Are you really gonna be at 100%? <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll be at 125%. I said, okay. I said, I think you can do more, but let's set it at 125%. He ended the year at 150%. And that all came by reframing, you know, his thinking about his own limitations, right? We have our own limitations in our mind yeah. um, about what we think is possible. And you stop complaining. I mean, complaining to me, it, it, I, I sure every time I catch myself doing it, I have to turn it around. I had someone catch me. They said, "Oh, you're the one that doesn't complain. What do you complain about?" I said, "No, no, I'm just saying it's a fact that I I feel sort of bad today. That's a fact." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm observing. Not, I'm, I'm observing, observing my I'm, I'm, I'm just observing day. my whining. I'm not judging it. I'm not judging. <laughs> but you know, it's great because people catch me. They catch yeah, me. That's an accountability thing. It, well, account I use your story all the time because you know I'm always. And, you know, in, inviting people to eliminate, to start the practice of eliminating complaints in, in their lives, whether it's in coaching or, or in speaking. But you have taken that more seriously, I think, than anyone ever. And that's why I'm asking you this. I'm not yeah. asking you this to give a, you know, Chris Doris freaking commercial. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to talk about that because I know that, that, that you've taken that so seriously that that has been pivotal. That's yeah. made a huge difference in your life. Huge. And, and you can give testimony to that, that if people will, will to, so, and it just, you know, it's like, so you spent 24 hours and you had these stories, all these stories, yeah. these stories with your daughter and an employee and with yourself uh, occurred just within 24 hours. So what it was, was, um, it was, it was a commitment to, to experiment. Mm -hmm. Okay. A, you committed to experiment with an alternative way of experiencing reality just for a day, just to see how it goes. And how would you super summarize how it went? It was awesome and unexpected. And so I wrote a chapter of my book is about stop complaining. And then I also, when I was first writing my book, I put the chapter on LinkedIn. I can't tell you how many <clears throat> messages I got from people telling me how much that mattered and how they brought it into their lives at home with their children, with their spouses. A lot of people joke, they said, oh, my spouse doesn't think I can do it. 
right? So I, that now I can ignite other people to stop complaining and to see what happens. And it's become a part of my identity. People would walk into my office. It's kind of complaining and negativity go hand in hand. They'd walk into my office and they'd say, I don't mean to be negative, but, and I'd say, then don't. Stop. And that was my, yeah, exactly. Then don't, because I don't really want to hear it. Start over. (laughs) Start over. Walk back out, come back in and let's reframe this. So that, that's, that's an absolute mind shift. That's what it is. It's shifting, right? It's just, it's just intentionally choosing to shift the way I'm interpreting reality from problematic to otherwise. It's kind of like, you know, you're a golfer. I'm not, but I understand enough to know it's kind of like tennis that you, if your grip isn't right, your ball's going to go the wrong way, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got to be trained to hold it properly. And if you hold it properly and you have the right form, you're going to swing it and the ball's going to go down mm-hmm. the fairway, in the hole, yeah. what happened? That's what we have to do with our mind is you've got to train your mind to go in the right direction, just wow. like you do the ball. And so my dad was a huge, huge athlete and he always did things around sports analogy to business and things like that. But the same thing between our mind, what we ask our mind to do sometimes is less than we ask what our, bo- our body to do. We take mm. better care kind of of our, of our athletic prowess or we take better care of our cars, right? <laughs> we take our cars in for maintenance. But what do we do for our minds? What a great, that's a great point. That's great. You know, but wow. we got to think about our, and you know, and just in the relationship, I talk a lot about that too, between your mind and your body. Well, you know, the, what you're putting out into the world is so beautiful and powerful along those exact lines. I want to encourage everyone that's listening to really connect with you uh, and to follow Amy. Um, check out our website. Again, amyslaterconsulting.com. But to connect with you th- through social media, you're really leveraging uh, social media in a powerful and a beautiful and a, and a um, valuable way. So uh, thank you for who you are. Thank you for modeling um, the fact that we can have our lives on our terms and that when we do, we, we just bring so much power and love to the world. Uh, I, I love you and thank you for making so much time. Uh, thank uh, you for this today. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.